Chapter 36 From Cemetery Girl to the Dark Date Tuesday, October 8th, 10.31pm Subject Friends Yeah, I'm okay. False alarm. Did you talk to your mum? False alarm. False alarm? What the hell does that mean? The green dot sits beside her name. What's the false alarm? Declan Murphy didn't do what I thought he did. It takes everything I have, and I mean everything, to keep from writing back. Juliet, it's me. Tell me everything, please. I've been so worried I did this to you. My hands are practically shaking on the face of my phone. What did you think he did? He got drunk and wrecked his car the same night my mum died. I was worried he was involved somehow. And he's not? No. She's killing me. How do you know? My best friend's boyfriend did an internship in a newsroom over the summer. He still has access to their crime beat database. He looked up both incidents. The times don't match. Mum died before he even got in the car. Oh. I don't know what I'm feeling, but it's not relief. It's not even a hollow victory. I didn't kill her mother, but she has no closure. I still haven't told her who I am, and now it's too late. I feel like I should apologise, but I'm not entirely sure how or why. Another message appears. It was a long shot anyways. A coincidence. I guess their paths didn't cross. No. Are you okay? I don't know what I am. What can I do? Talk to me if you don't mind. The words speak to me in her voice. I keep seeing her panicked eyes when she... She matched the dates in the cafeteria. I want to call her. I want to reassure her. She's the fiercest girl I've ever met. But I want to sit in the dark and hold her hand to show her she's not alone. Mind? I could talk to you forever. She doesn't respond for the longest time and I wonder if she fell asleep. Knock, knock. You made me cry. Most people say, who's there? Now you made me laugh. Who's there? I generally have a joke prepared. Why did I make you cry? I was worried you were him and I was going to have to stop talking to you. I freeze. I read that sentence over and over again. I was worried you were him. I can't breathe. I have no idea what to say. There's a thousand daggers striking me all at once. Sorry, I'm a mess right now. Brandon, my best friend's boyfriend, thought that maybe there was a chance mum took a picture of the car getting away. So we looked at her memory cards. It's been an emotional night. Tell me about it. I'm sitting here choking on my heart. Alicia's turned the conversation. I can force my suddenly numb fingers to type. Find anything? Nothing on the memory cards, but I'm going to develop her film tomorrow at school. Do you think there's a chance? I'm scared to think there's a chance. My brain can hardly process the words she's typing. I want to tell her that I can barely stay awake, that we can talk tomorrow, but I literally just told her I talk to her all night. Maybe I should look up some knock-knock jokes. Did you talk to your mum? Oh, good. Something else I don't want to talk about. No. Why not? Because I got home from work late and my stepfather was practically standing sentry outside her door. And you can't tell him you want to talk to her? Her question is innocuous enough, 
But knowing that she doesn't want to talk to me, the real me, turns her words more critical than I'm used to. It's like talking to Alan. I hear accusations of failure between every word. It makes me angry, like I'm only good enough for her to see one half of my life, but the other half, the real half, is too screwed up for a girl like her. My thoughts are a mess of exaggerations and hyperbole, and I know it. I did this. I did. I ruined it. This is my fault. It's one more weight on top of so many. I want to brace my limbs and throw them all off, but they're too heavy. I can't. My fingers stab at the screen. It's complicated. It's only as complicated as you make it. Well, I guess I'm good at making things as complicated as possible. With that, I close the app and delete it. Then I curl in on myself and do everything possible to keep from screaming. I have to stop breathing. That does the trick. I sit there in complete still silence until my muscles are crying for oxygen. I need to get myself together. The room is stifling and I want to get out of here, but there's only one place I can go that won't have Alan calling the cops. I pull up my text and send another one to Ref. He's ignored this last 12, but those were all variations of me telling him to stop being such a pain in the ass. Please, Rev, I need you. He responds immediately. I'm here. Can I come over? Always. Rev is eating a bowl of Lucky Charms when I come in through the back door and find him in his kitchen. It's kind of late night snack, usually reserved for potheads, but Rev has never smoked a joint in his life. When we were younger and our friendship was more evenly divided between our houses, mum would keep a box on hand just for him. He never eats sugar cereals for breakfast. He always treats them like a secret vice. Maybe it's a throwback to childhood with a father who wouldn't let him eat Lucky Charms, or maybe he likes sugar. I never asked him. He pushes the box my way when I approach the table, but he doesn't look at me. He's still wearing the same hoodie he wore in school, which is unusual this late at night. I wonder if he hasn't taken it off, or he put it back on when he knew I was coming over. Either way, I have something to do with that. I don't like this feeling. I can't decide if I'm angry or ashamed. Hey, I say, hey. He still hasn't looked at me. I don't sit down. Still pissed? Maybe. What's going on? Juliet said she's glad I'm not me. He takes a spoonful of cereal but still doesn't look up. Maybe you could repeat that in English. She said she's glad I'm not Declan Murphy. I think I need more information. His eyes lift enough for him to nod at the cell phone in my hand. Did you say this in an email? Read it. I can't. I deleted the app. He gives a little laugh, but not like I'm being funny, then drinks the coloured milk from his bowl. Reinstall it. Let me see what she said. I just told you what she said. No, you gave me the declinized version. I want to see what she said. What does that mean? Reb puts the bowl in the sink and finally looks at me fully. Are you going to reinstall the app or not? His attitude's making you wish I hadn't come over here at all. Not. Fine. Good night, then. He walks out, hitting the switch by the doorway, leaving me in the dark. I go after him, whispering furiously because I know Jeff and Kristen will freak if we wake up the baby. What the hell is your problem, Rev? If you have something to say to me, say it. He doesn't stop walking. I did. Would you stop and talk to me? He doesn't. Rev! 
In a second, he's going to be in his room, slamming the door in my face. Would you stop? Without thinking, I go after him. I grab his arm. Rev whirls and jerks free, shoving me away so forcefully that I hit the opposite wall. Picture frames rattle and swing. His eyes are a little wide, but only for a moment. He blinks and the demons are gone. He's startled. Regretful. Ashamed. I'm sorry. My hands are up. I have a bruise tomorrow, but this is my fault. I know better. I'm sorry. The baby fusses and we both freeze. After a second, she settles. His parents' bedroom door opens and Jeff leans out into the hall. What are you boys doing? He whispers fiercely. It's nothing, Rev says. Go back to bed. We'll shut the door. He glances at me ruefully, ruefully, and his voice is ironic. Come on in, Dag. In his room, Rev sits cross-legged on his bed, leaving me to take the desk chair. I straddle it and rest my arms on the back. Sorry, he says, his voice low. I didn't mean to do that. My fault. No, he looks at me. It wasn't you. It wasn't. I shouldn't have grabbed you. He shrugs, but tension radiates from his form. He's biting the edge of his thumbnail. I frown and wheel the chair over to the end of the bed and rest my head on my arms. What's the story, Rev? I keep thinking about him. His father. Did something happen? No. Do you want to talk about it? He finally looks away from his comforter. Do you really think I'm a martyr? No. Do you really think I am? Sometimes. Ouch. I don't think I've ever heard you say damn before. He winces. I shouldn't have lost my temper. I think you're allowed. No, I'm not. Would you reinstall the stupid app so we can talk about whatever you came over here for? You're not allowed to lose your temper? His expression is pained. Deck. Seriously, Rev. You're like the most laid-back person I know. If you don't go off on someone in the cafeteria once in a while, people are going to think you're inhuman. In fact, I was starting to worry. He doesn't smile. He's quiet, locked inside his head. I realise I'm probably in the running for the most selfish friend award, and here I'm pra- I practically shoved my way into his room. For what? Because I don't have the balls to tell a girl who I am? Boo-hoo, Declan. I edge the chair back a few inches. Do you want me to go home? His eyes flick up. No. Okay. But I do want you to reinstall the app. Rev. Seriously, I need to... To... His voice is tight and he makes a circular motion with his hands. And coil. I hesitate, but he's watching me expectantly. All right. I reinstall it. There's an email waiting. I can't make myself click on it. I can only imagine what it says. Her green dot is no longer lit. I toss the phone at him. It's the most recent chat. He tortures me by reading at the speed of someone who needs to look up every word in the dictionary. After a few minutes, I want to grab it away from him. You're killing me here, Rev. I was reading the earlier messages for context. He sighs and tosses my phone at me. I agree with her. You are good at making things as complicated as possible. Do you think she hates me? I wince. Oh, sorry. Do you think she hates me? Which you? I wince. Either one. No, he hesitates. I think you need to tell her. 
You read what she said. She doesn't want to talk to me. He shakes his head. She said she's glad she doesn't have to stop talking to you. No, she said. That's exactly what she said, Deck. His expression grows a bit angry. Exactly, verbatim. She said she's glad I'm not Declan Murphy. But you are Declan Murphy. You are not two people. His fists are clenched. And his breathing has grown quick. I shove my phone into my pocket and study him. What is going on with you, Rev? He rubs his eyes. I don't know. I'm just tired. I think of how he sat in the hospital with me, saying nothing. His silence was more supportive than anything he could have said. I don't know how to do that in return. Maybe I can offer something else, though. I pull out my phone and do a quick search, then turn it around and slide it across the bed. He doesn't reach for it. Did she send more? No, it's a poem I had to read for English. Read it. He looks up and the expression on his face is exactly the one I'd wear if he suddenly said, Hey bro, read this poem. What? Just read it. I think you'll like it. Because he's Rev, he doesn't give me a hard time. He picks up my phone and reads it. His expression evens out. You're right. I do like it. It slides it back to me and for an instant I think his face will crumple and he'll cry. His voice is breath away from breaking. But I don't feel like my head is bloody and unbowed. Not now. The air feels weighted, like he's going to say more, so I wait. Lately, he says, more steadily, I feel like everything is a test. He swallows, and I feel like I'm getting closer and closer to failing. Like how? I almost hit you in the hallway. I deserved it. His eyes flare with anger. No, you didn't. Shh. I glance at the door. Okay, I didn't. What's your point? I almost hit you he says, as if it's significant. And? And what if I had? People around school would probably want to shake your hand. He glares at me. Don't joke. You're worried that you almost hit me? I'm pretty sure I would have gone over it. But what if I couldn't stop? I stare at him. This question is so incongruous of what I know of Rev that it's almost comical. The expression on his face is anything but I wheel my chair back up against the bed. His voice has grown very quiet, so mine is too. You're worried that if you hit me, you'd keep hitting me. Or anyone. He takes a breath. When we went to homecoming, everyone else made it look so easy to have that kind of normal. But I'm so worried that one of these days, I'm going to lose control. I don't... I don't know how it starts. And when it starts, I'm scared I won't know how to stop it. Rev has never talked like this. When he does talk about his father or what he went through as a child, it's always in the vein of making sure no one ever does that to him again. Never a worry of committing any kind of abuse towards someone else. Rev is kind, gentle. Jeff and Kristen open their home and their hearts to children from all walks of life. And Rev does too. I see it every day. I envy it. You're not your father, I say to him. You're not yours either. And right here, there, in the middle of his own crisis, Rev knows exactly what I need to hear. This is why he's the perfect friend, and why I can't wrap my head around him thinking he could ever hurt anyone. Have you talked to Jeff and Kristen about this? No. He rubs at his face again, and his eyes are damp. I wonder that they won't want me to stay here if something happens. I don't want to hurt any of the kids. Rev! You will not hurt anyone, and they are your parents. They love you. Nothing is going to happen. I promise. Nothing. 
He's quiet for a while and I can see him rolling that around in his head. But what if it does? Nothing is going to shake the sluice right now. The thought has worn in its way into his brain and lodged there. I reached forward and hid his hand. Then you, I'll keep you out of trouble, like you do for me. That seems to settle him. He looks across at me and turns his hand to grasp mine hard. Deal.